to die soon because after Streetlight on Saturday, I got to Aspen's house and my knees hurt so bad. I was crying and I'm like, it's been two hours since I was at the show. Like, body doesn't even give me the overnight recovery period anymore. It's like, nah, you're gonna hurt right now. Oh, that's fun. Most fun. Hey. Hello. Hey, hey, Salem. What is a camel's favorite nursery rhyme? I don't, I don't know. Humpty Dumpty. That's fucking awful. Good evening, morning, or whatever time it is in your little section of the world. We invite all you little parasites to another episode of Creeptology. I shall be your host today, Michaela, and joining me here today, as always, is my lovely co-host, Salem. You might be wondering why I opened this episode with a joke about camels. I'm incredibly curious. You've given me a little bit, tiny, tiny bit of information about your topic today, and my mind's been going crazy, wondering what it could even be. Well, this topic for today is about the Red Ghost of Arizona. Our legend was born back in 1883 at a lonely little ranch near Arizona, New Mexico border when a woman was stunned to death by a strange, large red beast. That sounds like an awful way to go out, but more fun than just like passing away from old age. Like at least you have a story to tell in the afterlife and your family has like, it's like, oh yeah, they were trampled to death by a beast. A large red beast. Yeah, I'd rather go out by a large red beast and be like, oh, she died peacefully at home in her sleep. First of all, we have to acknowledge our sources. So my main source for today comes from the story, The Red Ghost, posted on AmericanHeritage.com. It all started one early morning in the spring of 1883 when two women were left alone at their ranch home while the men went to go check on their livestock. One of the women went out to collect some water while noticing their house dog had started to bark incessantly. It's never a good sign. No. This brought the attention of the other woman to the window where she was just in time to see the other woman trampled to death by what she called an enormous red beast ridden by the devil. Well, I mean, that's definitely a good reason for a dog to be barking. Mm -hmm. I mean, some dogs just bark at nothing, but imagine looking out the window and just seeing that traumatic shit happening right in front of your face. It, yeah, so after witnessing this, she was brought down to a state of absolute hysteria. Understandably. freaked out until the men got home. Now, the coroner who looked at the body was highly suspicious, to say the least, of this story. What, you said 1800s, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. that checks out. Yeah. Any doctor, coroner, anybody, 1800s, little sketchy. Well, it was the coroner who was sketched out by the story, because he's like a red beast ridden by the devil. Sure, sure. But despite the rather smushed state of the body and enormous hoof prints, he merely concluded the autopsy report with the statement, death in some manner unknown. After that, the reign of terror of the red ghost began. Ooh, spooky. A short while later, after the first encounter, a group of prospectors were awakened to the sound of thundering hooves stampeding through their camp. The camp was destroyed, and all that was left was a couple tufts of red 
Jennifer. A few days later, there was another attack. This time the beast knocked over two wagons and once again left nothing but strange hoof prints and red fur in its wake. Now, at this point in the story, most of these people have no idea what this beast is. Right, that's why I'm assuming they've been referring to it as the red beast. Mm -hmm. Or the red ghost because they weren't quite sure if it was real or not, even though it very thoroughly destroyed tangible items. And for me, when you say red hooved beast, my mind goes Satan, Baphomet, half goat, half man. Like that's where my mind goes. So I'm just extremely curious what these people were actually seeing. <laughs> well, most people of the 1800s, as we said, were very unfamiliar with animals such as camels and the vague nature of these encounters would determine that most people were convinced they were seeing some sort of otherworldly being. That is, until Cyrus Hamblin caught a sight of the beast himself. Now, the rancher was on a quest looking out for stray cattle when he stumbled upon a large red animal that was moving through the brush. He was startled, but stayed to get a better look. Now, Cyrus had spent several years in desert regions and was sure that what he was looking at was indeed a camel. But he also noticed something extremely unusual about this camel. Tied to its back was a rather strange looking bundle. As Hamblin got nearer, he was able to distinguish that what was tied to the camel's back was the body of a man. A man that was no longer alive. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting like drug bundle, drug smuggling camels, but like, oh, no, 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 these are corpse carrying camels. That's even more fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so by far the most interesting part of Hamlin's story was that of the dead body that was strapped to the camel's back. In most cases, people simply brushed off his account convinced that he was just merely seeing the camel's hump. However, those thoughts were soon laid to rest when a group of five prospectors caught sight of the red ghost grazing in a field. They got their guns together and started shooting at the camel, cause that's a good idea. Obviously. This resulted in spooking the camel who then ran off. But while it fled, something fell from its back. And upon further examination, they found that what was dropped was a human skull with a few bits of hair and flesh still attached. That's fun. I would love a present like that. I'm confused though as to how these corpses and random bones got with these camels in the first place. We'll because they're, it seems like they're running around spreading body parts around like confetti. Which everyone loves a little bit of dead confetti yeah dead fetty let's go <laughs> dead fetty the last known attack of the red ghost was a violent encounter that took place near phoenix one night at dusk a cow hand went out to check that all the livestock was back in the barn for the night only to find that the corral was not empty as it should have been when the strange animal caught sight of the man, it immediately started charging. And the cow hand's initial reaction was to lasso the animal. 
the cowhand's horse reared and the camel plowed headfirst into the rider and the horse. Oh, no. Surprisingly, neither got injured. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it was during this altercation that the cowhand got a real good look at what was strapped to the back of the camel. It was indeed the still decaying corpse of a man. Now, naturally, all these encounters spawned a slew of legends and ghost stories surrounding the Red Ghost. Stories such as the Red Ghost disappearing right before someone's eyes, all the way to stories of the Red Ghost attacking and eating a grizzly bear. I love that. Yes! Grizzly bear camel fight! <laughs> That is a fight I would like to see. I'm right. not gonna lie. Who would you put your bets on? Grizzly bear or like mm. red beast ghost camel? I mean, because mm, the the bears got the claws, but right, camels are fucking mean and they're smart though, and they're really smart. So I feel they're real smart. Bears are smart too, though. They can like open car doors to get your food out. Mm, fair point. Like bears are also really smart. I feel like it would be a bit of an even match for at least a while. Yeah, no, I feel like the camel could definitely hold its own against the bear. At least for a good while until right. one of them got tired. Yeah, or I feel like the camel would just like spit in the bear's face and be like, "Fucking take that!" And yeah, that's uh, what would. Trample you now. Right. Ha ha. Right. And then would think that it won, and that's when the bear would like sneak in and actually win the shit. We got camels wandering the desert. Fighting bears. <laughs> in Arizona, of all places. I'm sure you're wondering, because I was wondering, what the heck? What is what what is the real story here? How did a camel get here? And not just one camel what? from the sounds of it just random camels wandering and murdering well technically this was just one camel camel Mur still murdering murder m murder one it only murdered once oh it only trampled the one time it only trampled the one time it was just rumors the other time correct mundo got it so sorry i don't mean to defame the camel oh you're fine you're fine we're, we're getting the story straight right it's all good so now we're going to get into the uh, <coughs> pathetic <coughs> history of the first and only U.S. Camel Corps. Uh, we're going to rewind the oh, clock a little bit. <laughs> that is the sound of rewinding. That's exactly what rewinding sounds like. We're going to rewind back to 1836 when one of the chief explorers of the West, Major George H. Crosman, suggested that the U.S. Army should experiment with the use of camels to further explore and tame the deserts of the Southwest. Being that the primary problem when working in the desert was the lack of water and the fact that camels can go much longer without water than mules or horses, it seemed like a good idea. I mean, the idea checks out. It's Americans, what Americans do best take things from other countries. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we'll see how well that goes over. <clears throat> but it wasn't until 19 years later that the proposition saw any sort of movement. At that time, it was March of 1855 when President Franklin Pierce's Secretary of War, Jefferson Davis, 
finally convinced Congress to approve of spending $30,000 towards the purchase and formation of the United States first, last, and only Camel Corps. Jesus. And you said this was back in like 1830? 1855. 1855. So. $30,000. How much? 1855 money. Right. So how much would that be worth today? That is an excellent question. Side quest. Da 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 da. Ba -ba -da, -da. Side quest. Yes. Side quest. Keep reading for me. What I'm just going to do find this, this out. Side quest. <laughs> After receiving the funds, Davis sent Major Henry C. Wayne and Lieutenant David D. Porter to the Eastern Mediterranean to purchase the first camels. All right, you want to know how expensive these bad boys were? Oh, yes. You're looking from... Well, if you, so this is the amount given for the whole project. So... The camels themselves were $250 a piece. So for the entire Camel Corps project that was miserably failed, mm, mm -hmm. uh... The government spent around $1,007,917 on getting camels to the United States. <laughs> the project itself... For desert reconnaissance? So the project itself failed miserably, but things did come of it, and we'll see that later. So it wasn't an entire waste, That's but... He sent Wayne and Porter to the Mediterranean to get these these camels. In the beginning, things seemed to be going quite well. Both Wayne and Porter took their time in the East very seriously and studied as much as they could about camels to make sure the animals made it through the three-month voyage back safely. Out of the 33 camels that started the journey, all but one made it safely back to America. So... Pretty dang impressive. That's extremely impressive, honestly. Yeah. Like. Three months. Three months of transporting. How many camels? 33. 33 camels. Yeah, no. I'm really surprised mm -hmm. that 32 made it just fine. Yeah. And I guess during the voyage. I feel I bad for these like, camels. They're probably so confused. Oh, I'm sure. The camel is the victim. That yeah. explains their behavior and why they were acting up. If you were ripped from your home and being like, yeah, these dudes are going to ride on you through the desert. I would eat a bear too. I mean, at this point in the story, the camels were, I, they were like, oh, okay, we're going on a little adventure. That's cool. And I guess during the voyage, two of the camels had babies. So they ended up with... 34 camels actually. Oh. So it kind of Lost one gain too. To aid with the transition and training of other camel hands, Wayne and Porter hired six Arabs and a Turk to come along with them. You said camel hands. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> camel hands. My brain just thought of a camel doing jazz hands in the desert with a dude on his back with a gun. Or, or like... Just that. like a producer's level fucking musical or a camel's jazz handsing across the desert. <laughs> what came to my mind was that meme of the horse that takes off his hooves and he's got hands. The, praise the deer god! <laughs> or it's the deer, yes. From Adventure Time is what yeah. it is. <laughs> Praise that the dear God. Is what comes to mind, but a camel instead of being like, yes! <laughs> like, literally, though. So when you said camel hands, I could not contain my laughter. Sorry, continue. There is a quote from my source article explaining how well 
with these camel hands went. Their remarkably bad judgment in these hirings foreshadowed the ultimate fate of the experiment. Apparently, they assumed that since camels abounded in the Levant, any Levantine must be a camel expert. The Arabs were about as familiar with camels as the average city boy today is with horses. And the Turkish veterinarian's treatment for a sick camel, whatever the ailment, consisted of tickling the animal's nose with the tail of a chameleon. Tickle its nose with a chameleon and it shoots some cocaine into its bloodstream. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's a camel. It's fine. We're just going to tickle its nose with a chameleon. I just... What's the train of thought there? It was all going so well, and I'm like, you should have done at least a mild background check on these people no. to make sure they knew what they were doing. They needed to cut costs somewhere, and they just chose the worst place to cut costs. Here is where things start to take a turn for the worst. It probably comes to no surprise that the biggest unforeseen problem of this whole operation would actually be the cow hands back in America that would eventually have to work with the camels. I wonder if the cow hands and the camel hands had a secret handshake. <laughs> well, no. Because when you said cow hands earlier, I also thought like cow hands. <laughs> I just didn't say anything then, but then it came up again and I had to say something. <laughs> I would say cow hands and camel hands did not have a secret handshake because they hated each other. They utterly hated each other. There were no udders in this story. Not for the, the camels. Or horses or mules. None of Cow them hands. Have... Oh, are, are, you, are you quite done? <laughs> for no. I. <laughs> <laughs> the issue started with the fact that camels were foreign animals and therefore these American cow hands didn't trust them and didn't like them because they were foreign animals. Add yeah, that, that checks out for America. Yeah. Add to the fact that almost every horse and mule that came in contact with these large desert animals were immediately spooked and bolted. I wonder if the cow hands called the camels immigrants too. I'm sure they did because they treated them just like how we treat all immigrants. Murka. Murka. <laughs> Possibly my favorite part of this story, definitely not the cowhound's favorite part of this story, is the fact that camels are extremely spirited, to say the least. They don't take kindly to being disrespected, and more often than not, they would enact revenge on anyone who treated them badly. Hell yes. Documented cases of camel revenge from this yes. time was included, but not limited to groaning, complaining, and even screaming when directed to do something the camel did not want to do. That's what I identify as this week is camel revenge because I too am groaning and screaming when I have to do things I don't want to do. Oh, just wait, you're gonna identify harder with this the more I go on. Yes! I'm a camel. Let's go, baby! <laughs> they also would often refuse to stand or walk. There was also biting, kicking, 
stepping on people, and of course, my personal favorite, spitting in the face of anyone who crossed it. Yes. The Camels love to spit. Oh, yeah. And they have extremely good aim. Oh, yeah. They're super accurate, and they can spit far distances, too. Oh, so, like, oh, yeah. you're not safe. No. No. You just, you know, uh, treat them with respect, and they treat you with respect, but they ain't about to deal it's kind of like that's how any living thing works right (gasps) don't mistreat it and it will respect you but since the cow hands could not bully camels into subservient behavior the cow hands really got to the point where they hated the camels this bad blood between the cow hands and camels is what ultimately led to Many of these camels meeting sad and horrific ends. Oh no. The camels didn't do anything wrong. You ripped them from their homes and treated them like shit. And now you're pissed they're getting their revenge? No. Uh No. Those camels need to revenge the humans. Like, it just needs to continue to happen. So now that that stage is set, do you remember Major Henry C. Wayne? Yes, I do. Well, right now we're about to enter into Wayne's world. Wayne's world. (laughs) Tubular. Because Wayne was faced with such hostility and the overall uncooperative nature of many of the people regarding the camels, Wayne came up with what he thought would be the best solution. He would hold demonstrations proving to the Americans what amazing animals camels truly were. Yes, he's the champion for camels that we really need. He is. He, he's our number one boy rooting for the camels. A1 since day one. Wayne's world. Camel's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. He thought... If the camel corpse was going to succeed, he needed converts to his cause and fast. He orchestrated several demonstrations of camels showing their strength, in addition to conducting countless experiments testing the adaptability of the camels. At the end of Wayne's experiments, he found that one camel could carry on their backs as much as six mules could pull in one wagon. On top of that, they could also travel nearly twice as fast as the average horse or mule. Not only that, they were also highly adaptable to high altitudes and cold weather. They didn't have to be in a desert. They could climb mountain if they needed them to. They could also swim across raging rivers where most animals would be swept away by the current. Out of all of Wayne's demonstrations, he came away with really only one convert to his cause. Woo! Go Wayne! He he got one boy, Lieutenant Edward F. Beale. And after several months training and studying the camels, Beale was assigned to survey a route from New Mexico to the eastern part of California and all the way to Arizona. And this route is what would later become Highway 66, Route 66. Hell yeah. One of the most famous routes in all of the United States. So it was first traveled by camel? Mm Mm-hmm. It was mapped out by camel. That is 
awesome, actually. <laughs> like I said, in the end, it's like, okay, so it wasn't completely all for naught. Right. Beal and 69 camels, because they nice. got a second shipment of camels. Nice. Was able to map out Route 66, oh. formed by camels. Bet no one else knows that. That's a thing you know now, guys. You can amaze all your friends. Entertain at parties. Yes, your um, glorious eyebrow dancing. I can't do that. I can only like raise both my eyebrows at the same time. I can't do like the singular eyebrow thing. No. I can do the wave with my eyebrows. I know you can. I can't do that. <laughs> Great audio content. <laughs> I know, I'm doing all the things that no one can see. Yes. This is going to lead us a bit to the beginning of the end which is an oxymoron and it's kind of fun if you think about it. Eventually, it would seem that all of Wayne's and Beale's efforts were about to come to fruition. In December of 1858, they finally convinced the War Department that the importation of a thousand camels was necessary to further their efforts in the Southwest. I'm sorry, but a thousand camels is never necessary. That is not a need. No one needs a thousand additional camels because it would be a thousand sixty-nine camels at that point. Mm -hmm. No one needs that many camels. Mm -hmm. He wanted that many camels. That's a want, that's not a necessity. <laughs> now, probably for the betterment of everyone involved, Congress at the time was a little bit busy, you know, preparing for a little thing called the Civil War. Understandably so. So they just uh, put the Camel Corps on the back burner and weren't gonna really do anything with that. And You mean the cavalry wasn't gonna ride camels into battle? Would've been really cool if they did though. Just, like, imagine the artwork that would have come out of that time period <laughs> if they were riding on camels instead. Bacturn camels have, like, a built-in saddle because you could just sit between the humps. Oh, Dromedary yeah. camels would be a little harder to ride on. <laughs> Unless you, like, sat at the base of the neck. It reminds me of those memes. If you rode a dromedary camel, would you ride it like this or like this? Uh, base of the neck. Base of the neck. Right, like a necktie. You're like, little necktie for a camel. Exactly. And then you could just give him a nice, warm hug. Yes, and then maybe he wouldn't try to revenge you in the future. I mean, the thing with camels is that if you treat them nicely and with respect, they're like as good as a dog. They are loyal. Most animals are that way. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas... If you mistreat them, then they're never gonna fucking forget it. Like yeah. an elephant. So, and like crows. Crows too, yes. Yeah, so crows will seek revenge. Revenge! So shortly after being dismissed by Congress, Beale was transferred to another department and all of his suggestions and the experiments ended with his transfer. The remaining camels were then spread to several military posts to be taken care of until the army officially Abandoned the project in 1863. So he turned into no big beal. <laughs> he was no big beal. Many of these camels conveniently escaped, quote unquote, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, out into the desert. How convenient. While under the care of the military posts. 
Even more convenient. Oh. <laughs> the camels that did not escape met much more gruesome ends. Several succumbed to complications of harsh treatment, such as beatings and starvation. Poor babies. The majority of them actually died from dehydration. It was a common misconception in those days that camels stored water in their humps. Many of the ignorant cow hands assumed that as long as the camel still had a hump, it would not need water. Oh, no. See, like, there are still people today that think camels store water in their humps. It's like, yes, it's true that they could go longer periods of time than humans can or other animals can without water. It's not like a camelback backpack. Like, I understand why they named it that, but it's not how it actually works, y'all. Hey, Salem, what do you call a camel without a hump? Hmm? Humphrey. No! (laughs) Get that shit out of my house. (laughs) You know you love it. I do. I do love it. And now things are probably starting to piece together of how, why the red ghost came to be. When thousands of pissed camels escaped. (laughs) They escaped. So out of the 69 camels, a good majority of them died in captivity. The lucky ones escaped. Lucky. The lucky ones. Right. None of them are lucky. No, not really. Because even if you think about it, the ones that escaped went from being, you know, taken care of to being thrown out into the wild to fend for themselves. In unfamiliar terrain. Like... Unfamiliar places. Outside of their normal ecosystem. Exactly. It was very likely, if not definite that the red ghost was one of the camels that had escaped from a military post and was forced to fend for itself out in the wild by eating bears and murdering it was also not uncommon during this time for prospectors or cowhands to recapture a camel out in the wild only to use it as target practice or to subject it to more torment and harsh treatment I feel like they need to be used as target practice Mm -hmm. instead. But that is probably where our poor red ghost got his ghostly rider from. Perhaps it was punishment to the man he had strapped to his back, or the camel was just the brunt of a cruel and unusual joke. Whatever the original goal was of strapping the body to the camel, it certainly succeeded in making the poor creature miserable. As such, the red ghost would attack any human it came in contact with. Yeah, I don't blame it. Mm-hmm. So that is why anytime he was spotted, the camel would attack. Because it hates humans because it was mistreated and had a dead dude strapped to his back. Their back. I, Sorry, don't mean to misgender the camel. True. And the dead body, therefore, then decayed onto the camel's back and I'm sure that was awful and uncomfortable Yeah, on top of everything else. It is suspected that eventually the poor creature was able to rid itself of the annoying burden because after the final attack that we recounted earlier, the creature was scarcely seen for about 10 years. 
At that point, most of the tall tales and campfire stories had faded or turned into a newer, more exciting spectacle. The final encounter with the Red Ghost was 10 years after the last attack in 1893, when a rancher came out of his house one early morning to find a large red creature grazing in its pasture. Like most people of this time, his first reaction was to shoot first and ask questions later. He shot the camel dead on sight. It wasn't until further examination that he realized that this creature must have been the infamous Red Ghost. It was a scraggly, malnourished, sad-looking... Decrepit camel. camel. Yep. And it also had scarring on its back, presumably from where the body had been strapped on for so long. And that, my dear friends, concludes our story of the Red Ghost of Arizona. That's wild. Almost, though. Oh, shit. All the way up until the 1930s, tales of camel sightings in the Southwest were circulating around, and some people still believe there might be camels lurking in the hills of Sonora and Baja, California. I'll have to look when I go to California. In a Tell me if weeks. you see any camels. I will. I will absolutely keep my eye out for these red ghost camels. Please do. See, like, hearing this and knowing what time period it was going on, America was such a wild fucking place in the, like, mid to late 1800s, early 1900s. I'm like, okay, because you got ghost camels. Ghost camels. George Parrott's going on in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. With Cheeseman Park going mm -hmm. on in Denver. 1800s was a wild time. Like, in my frame of thinking, I usually think of sections of the decades of the 1900s to present. I've never really put much thought into the 1800s before we started researching for this podcast, and now... I'm like, yo! My mind has been the opened. The 1800s is just, like, the wild. state of Florida for the entire century. Like, yes. it's, it's Florida man vibes... For a hundred years. Yup. All across America. Amazing. Absolutely. Well, that amazing. was a wild ride, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm very happy you shared that with me. You're welcome. And that was kind of my thoughts, too, when I initially saw a little tidbit on it. I was like, oh, a ghost camel. That's pretty dope. I'll do some more research on that, and then come to find out there was an entire camel, camel corps of the U.S. Army. It was... I wonder if they had, like, a theme song and, like, if they had, like, a logo. Man, I'm going to try and find the Camel Corps logo, see if it existed. I feel like it would have to have some kind of, like, derpy tuba music, like, boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba ba da da boom, boom, Yes, like something out of Fantasia, like when Mickey's Sorcerer Mickey. I mean, I would think earlier than that, I'm thinking, like, Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse, like... Yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. You always do. Hell yeah. And we have some exciting news. Yes, we do. So as of the release of this episode, you are now able to find the podcast anywhere where podcasts are streamed. We are no longer exclusive to Spotify. So get out there and join us for more creepy stories. We are everywhere now. Ooh, you Believe can't escape us. Dreams.